podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. I'm Jamie Carragher and you are listening to the Copy Podcast. What is happening, everyone? Welcome back to the Cop Eye Podcast. It is a belated, I guess, reaction show to Brighton and also just to discuss the season so far with it being another international break. I know we all hate them, but I guess it gives time for some players to get back from injury and we can yeah, discuss how Liverpool have been doing so far. But before we get into it all, I'm Mick. As hopefully that you know, and I'm joined by Christian. As always, he's back again. How are you doing, lad? Yeah, good. Only a week left now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's one of them I'd love to see like a clip all together where it's like only two months left till I get coming back. Yeah. And it's like now seven yeah. weeks, now five, six, four, yeah, three. Exactly. No, it's good. It's um what is it? It's Thursday, so coming close to the weekend, obviously. Not a fan of international football, you know, and the breaks that comes with it. So kind of not knowing now what I'm going to do this weekend, except for obviously hanging out with the family and stuff. But you always look forward to games. That's the thing. It's it's just part of your weekend. So, yeah, uh, you know, everything good. But I'm looking forward to coming over and actually have a have a weekend in Liverpool. Uh, that's the that's the main thing now. <laughs> yeah, I think it's, it's good in a way for you because you've got that to look forward to. And the international break might seem long, but it's like, well, at least... You can just count down the days till you're flying over and whatever. So that's that's good. And we'll, yeah. and we might as well talk about Brighton, of course, first because it was four days ago now. Which I mean, it seems longer, I guess, ago. But I just have to recap on on the events of the day. And um, yeah, what what were your thoughts on it as a whole before we get stuck into, I guess, more of the specifics on on the day? Um, obviously, could have been better but it you know uh, it, we, we had a really difficult first half i thought uh went to do better things in the second half but obviously fucked up anyway <laughs> so in total it's a game where there were moments where you think like that's good but there were also moments where you think that these kind of situation we need to just get you know rid of we can't keep on doing that kind of stuff because that will lose points for us um but you know in terms of starting 11 i was um uh, I, I would have liked Gravenberg to start. I think I said that when we talked um, yeah. uh, before that. Um, but, you know, when I saw the starting eleven, I was uh, very happy. I, I thought maybe Konate would start, but obviously Matip was starting and stuff. But, you know, I, I didn't have anything to complain about. What about you? Yeah, I was the same. I think we both agreed on the on the preview show, like Konate. We thought we'd come back in. We thought, obviously, we thought New Trent would come back in. But the surprise was the was so obviously I had to kind of go over to the left and Elliot to kind of accommodate Elliot on the right a little bit, which I feel like when you've got McAllister out of his most natural position, I think he can still do a good job there. Um, I think he did in, in part, obviously the, the goal that <laughs> doesn't kind of help in that, but there was other, other people that I felt there and different reasons why. But like when you're, I guess, messing with the system a little bit, too much in the players that have kind of already made us 
doing so well so far. When you mess with too many of the moving parts in it, I guess you're gonna you have to expect a little bit more um the level not to be quite as high. So if you're shifting Zobas lie over to put Elliot in and you've got McAllister in there, you're obviously missing Jota, you're missing you're missing Gakpo, Kanate um didn't start either. So there's a lot of players there that that, that would be involved in the starting eleven who weren't involved. So I think th- these type of games, especially against Brighton where I think we we change the system as well. We go more of a diamond as well in terms of like when we're defending from the front with Zobersly at the at the tip of that. So it's it's a little bit more different in terms of how we defend against them because like we we did reference on the previous show as well in terms of the praise that Deserby gets and, and rightly so and how good they are in in, in transition counter attacks just in terms of the passing the ability and the plays that they've got in terms of just keep, keeping hold of the ball and, and knocking it around nicely. I think Liverpool had to kind of adapt that a little bit especially being away from home but I thought like the first half like you said the first goal comes on the 20th minute and mentioned McAllister and it's a yeah when you look back at it again Van Dijk's got an easy pass to Robertson it's easy to say that now like with it happening the way it did but I just feel like it put him under a lot of pressure when he was already being closed down anyway and then he isn't the quickest player he's very technically good but he's not the fastest so once they nick it off him and then Allison just isn't expecting the shot and it, and it goes and it all happened so quickly that I was like I couldn't actually believe that it was a goal because it was just like it was just a sucker punch to the belly and I was like fuck's sake like you want to start these games as well as you can but we know Liverpool don't like to do that which is is annoying but it, it just again it wasn't it wasn't the start we wanted was it no, and, you know, giving away goals like that, you know, it's one thing if you can see the goal that, you know, it's a great, uh, you know, bit of play from the opposition. You can't complain about that, even if you always think you could def- defend better. Um, but, you know, in, in this case, we just gave the, the the ball away and they could score. It was like, yeah, here's an open goal. Just just have it. Just have it. Here it is. You know, that's the <laughs> that's the problem there. But, you know, I was a little bit, I obviously know that McAllister should have done so much better because he needs to be on his toes and actually know where players are around him and all that. But I think Van Dijk, you know, choose the, the worst option with his pass as well because I, I, I know I wrote to you about Van Dijk that, you know, in the start of this game and during the first half, he I thought he was too slow on the ball. He stood with the ball, you know, didn't, you know, instead of receiving the ball and trying to pass it straight away to like Robertson or back to the other, like Matip in this case, or even using Allison or even up to a midfielder, you need to do it quicker because if you take the time, the opposition have the time to adjust their positions and come into, you know, cover some space or come close to the other players. So if you if you move the ball quickly, then obviously you have the opposition moving all over the pitch, which is the, uh, you know, the, the whole idea of playing football and get them to move and find spaces where they aren't at the moment because you, you move them around. So with passing the ball quickly. So I thought, you know, by... It was just not that moment because he actually stood on the ball, waited a lot. And I was like, well, now you're just giving them the option to actually, you know, just come into their positions and they can just stand and wait because now they closed us down. So I thought he made the wrong decision by passing that ball to McAllister in the first place. I thought that was uh, not very fair against McAllister. But then obviously McAllister needs to be more aware of what's going on and all that. So it's just a, a very bad goal in many moments that happened. And obviously Alisson was out of his position as well. Um, but yeah, I give Van Dijk a little bit of stick for that goal, to be honest. Yeah, I think it's yeah, McAllister needs to be quicker, but yeah, the pass is just a bit. Yeah, he's expecting a lot. Like McAllister needs to either turn really quickly on it or literally spin it round, spin a pass around straight away, just to kind of get it away. Because we know Brighton press high and they 
that coach so very well, even Klopp mentioned after the game, like he's 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 always impressed by how good Brighton are. So you need to be in those small spaces. You need to be you need to be perfect, really. So it, it's one of those that we need to definitely take lessons from. But like you said, the first half weren't too good, but Salah does get the goal on on um, forty minutes, and and it is a it's a it's a lovely little goal in terms of how we how we get up the pitch and a uh, little bit of interplay, and then. It falls to Elliot and Mo obviously screams behind him, fucking leave it, it's mine. And then <laughs> Salah just smacks it in bottom corner. And you're thinking like just before half time, it's the perfect, perfect time to score. And it was, yeah, it was a, a lovely goal to get us to get us back level. Yeah, and that's the perfect example of you know what happens when you move the ball quickly. That's the thing. You know, they 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 don't have the ability at that moment to actually follow what happens. So, you know, we just make the ball move. Uh, they are out of the positions and it, you know, turns out that obviously Salah, where he comes from, just get like a free position to score from. So obviously it's a different thing to move the ball around quickly in the offensive area than maybe in the defensive area. Even if, like I said before, you want to move the ball quickly, wherever you are to make the position move. Um, but yeah, it's a great goal because it goes so quick. They can't, you know, adjust their positions and make sure they're on the right side and, you know, defend. So it's just, a, you know, quick play and great awareness of the players that are involved. And it's a great finish from Mo Salah as well. And even though if he if he shouts to Elliot or if he do, doesn't, I don't know, but it's just like also awareness from Elliot to actually know that his, his feet are not adjusted, you know, perfectly to take the finish while... Mo Salah comes perfectly into where the ball's coming, can just get his foot on it and, you know, curl it around the around the goalkeeper. So it's a, it's a great uh, goal in terms also with, you know, how, how they managed to, um, in very short period of time, like a split second, just understand where the other players are, like Elliot did this in this moment. Uh, so, yeah, lovely goal. And that's what, when you need a goal in that time, uh, in, a, in a half as well, you know, just before half time, And you think that hopefully that can set the speed for the second half, you know, just give us the confidence to go out and do the same thing, you know, for the for the last 45 minutes. Yeah, and it's only a couple of minutes later where we get the penalty. And again, it's nice little plays, obviously, <laughs> about to about to score, I guess, or pass it, or do whatever. <laughs> Basically, do whatever he wants, and he gets his yeah, uh, gets his shirt torn off his back. And uh, it's a great right. bit of play there as well. Just before that happens, obviously, it's, yeah. it's great passing. You know, that's the thing; it creates loads when you do that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, a quick, the quick, incisive passing that we know we can do. We just need to do more of it, especially against a a very good Brighton side. But yeah, the the penalty again is like it's a pen, and it's obvious. So, but then there's the the whole—I don't <laughs> even think he was booked. Is it? Is it a red card? Is it? Yeah, it's, there's uh, just at this point, like when stuff happens, and if it's to give certain bits and don't give others, I'm just like, whatever. I'm not. I'm like at the point now where I'm like, I'm just expecting mistakes and whatever every game that, yeah. that doesn't surprise <laughs> me anymore. But I mean, every time now we get a penalty, I'm like, is Mo going to take it? And then he steps up. And then, of course, we always mention being a bit worried about Mo stepping up to pens. And I was a bit worried. And I always have that chat that we had in the back of my mind is like worried about his his penalty taking ability, which is a bit mad considering how, how good he is at them. But were you, were you, um, well, let's talk about the decision. Like, the, obviously, it's a penalty and whatever. But what are your thoughts on the, on the other bits involved? first you think you, you see it and you'd be like it's a penalty you know it's a clear one they give it and then obviously with the VAR check you're thinking are they looking at it not being a penalty but then you think well they're probably looking at is it a possible red card um, 
instead because if they would look at something that would say it it's not a penalty i would fucking throw the tv out on the window to be honest because that's a that's very obvious you know with the he's pulling his shirt and all that uh but yeah i you know i i don't know the rules that much and that perfectly but you know when they said you know uh it should you know some wrote that he should have been sent off because it is a clear um goal chance uh you know it's just for him to score but then they said they didn't set him off because he they whoever checked uh you know the vr he needed to adjust his body more to be you know straight on goal and stuff like that i'll be like oh fuck it i can't i can't be bothered with all those rules so i think you know it should have been in in my point of view how i see it as a support just watching the game on tv i see the pull i see that he goes down it's an obvious penalty it's a yellow card that's what i see i don't see a send-off there because there's a goalkeeper still there's this plays around, you know, it's not a, a tackle from behind or a dangerous kind of play. So I'll see penalty, yellow card, that's that's for me. But if they check red card, you know, the possibility for red card for different things, I can't be bothered with it anymore. It's too many small details that I just like. I don't, I don't like it in the game. I just see penalty, yellow card. That's in my world would be, you know, normal. Yeah, well, we've, I mean, I don't want to bring up the DR stuff again, but like you look at the City-Arsenal game where Kovacic... Yeah, makes a horrific tackle, and you're looking at the Jones one, and you're going, "Wait there, what's going on?" And then he makes another one straight after, and it's like then you get how Webb saying they didn't want to uh, disrupt the game; they want to keep it as even as possible. But then in the Liverpool game, the referee wanted to do everything he could to give us as as less as few players on the pitch as he possibly could, and even after giving us a bad decision. So it's like whatever they're saying, it just doesn't align exactly to what's happening on the pitch so they're just all over the place and they're trying to cover themselves up basically which is yeah exactly what you expect from from these referees which is just was just just horrific and yeah just expect it to get worse that's that's the, that's just the easiest way to kind of just i mean you shouldn't have to but it's just yeah it's just pretty poor but on the pen then like it was when it's he slots it in you're just like yeah there's there's maui's back he's back with more goals and it's just Normal service was resumed and a perfect goal just before the half as well. Yeah, that, that's the thing. Like you, you like like you mentioned before. Um, you know, sometimes a little bit concerned about Mo Salah stepping up, but even though he, he does score most of them, it's just the way he sometimes you know hits the ball. It's not as clean and or accurate as like we mentioned before as well, Milner or someone else that we know is just fucking you know perfection when it comes from from taking you know penalties. Um, but yeah, he's, you know, he scores and you can see that he has loads of confidence at the moment. You know, he scored the first one, he scored the second one. He's got, I don't know how many goals he got now in the, in the Premier League this season already, but, uh, you know, he's always involved. He's, you know, the main man, you know, he's, he's assisting, he's scoring, he's, he's in dangerous areas. So you can see that he enjoys himself playing and, and when his confidence is high as well, he, he steps up even more, you know, in his game. So, you know, he's a world-class player. So it's just brilliant to have him and knowing that he probably plays every single game uh, because he's obviously rested in some games where, like, it's needed for, like, for example, Europa League or whatever, but he's always he always there. He's never injured. He can always come on. He can always uh, make an impact. So, you know, we, we just love Mo Salah, don't we? We do. I just had a quick look. It was his fifth goal of the season, and he's got four four assists to go. So, a goal, five goals and four assists in eight games. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's, it's brilliant. Yeah. Nine and eight. So, if you look at the other players that have, have got, so Haaland's got eight and assisted one. So he's got nine as well. Uh, yeah. Isak on uh, six, Son on six, Bowen on five, 
So in terms of like most goal contributions in the league so far, he's 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 level with with Haaland. Haaland's got eight goals, one assist. Mo's got five five goals and, and four assists. And it was we always mention his goal scoring, but we've got to do it again. It was his 192nd Liverpool goal. So by my calculations, he's only 37 goals now behind Billy Little in fourth place. So I mean, if he does it this season, I mean, you wouldn't you wouldn't put him past him because we're still early and. Premier League season and whatever else, add another international break, like we said, which which is annoying. Yeah. But we, we, it's the times like this where you can just look back and just you know, look forward to see how how close he is to to these type of players. And I mean, yeah. only only eight goals after two hundred mark as well, which again is just yeah. Uh, he will obviously reach there in a short period of time, and you know, if he continues in this rate this season, he will score quite many goals if it continues like this. Uh, which means that you know he could be able to. If if he stays after you know summer, we don't know about that, and we see what happens. But you know, if he stays and continues his journey with us, he he could be you know um, be, it could be possible for him to actually reach Billy Little. To be honest, you know, next season if he stays, if he continues in this rate now this season to close uh, to close down that gap. So it's when you look at it, you know, in modern football, uh, you know, and uh, for someone who pl- you know played for us. Um, for quite many seasons now, but you know the numbers are unbelievable, and we say it every time. But you know that's the thing when we when we look back on Mo Salah in five, ten years' time, we will understand. And we understand it now, but it's always more. And when you look back and in hindsight, you'll be like, we 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 did experience something fucking legendary at that time. You know, there probably won't be for a long, long time that a player will have an impact in terms of goals and assists like Mo Salah did for us. Yeah, I mean, it is it is ridiculous, and I mean, like the whole. Hazard retiring as well. Of course, the that just always is always on Twitter anyway. Like the Hazard versus Salah debate. So when Hazard has announced his retirement at thirty-two, but he's been at Madrid for however long, and he hasn't played. I don't think he's played over twenty-five games in all competitions yeah. since he's been there. So yeah, he was, it's funny. He, was he was brilliant. He was great. He's he brilliant, was brilliant, but wonderful to watch, and obviously scored quite many goals against us. But I thought you know he was he was one of the best players in the world for us for a period of time, and you know one of the, probably the best player in the Premier League for a couple of seasons as well. But it, you need to maintain that level for a long period of time and keep yeah. on having your numbers go in to be. I would say, yeah, it's one of the best players I've seen on the pitch in terms of the way of skills and moving on the pitch with the ball, scoring goals and awesome goals. But, you know, Salah is further ahead of him because of the numbers he's giving constantly season after season in the best league in the world. So, you know, this is, it's not even a debate, is it? Yeah, it, I know. It's not, it's not even close for me, but it, it's just funny because like, you see this like tribalism, on, tribalism online about like... So, like, if you, can, if you try to compare, I guess, Van Dyke to... Let's say Terry, for example, people would say we'd say he's quality. He's got all the skills. He's better in every department. But then Chelsea fans would say, "Oh, but he hasn't won this many trophies. He didn't play for this long." But then your hazard comparison about Salah is the exact same. You're saying the same things that we are. That he's played for longer. He's been better for longer. He scored more goals. He's got this. He's won this and won this. So they just change, mix and match the the. the um, arguments for debates depending on who it is I, I just find it all I mean I don't get involved in it because I, I just I just laugh at it but <laughs> it's not even yeah. close with most Salah and Hazard was a great great player he was but yeah I just wanted to bring that up and just just squash that straight away that it's not even close so <laughs> don't even yeah don't even think about it but um yeah back to I mean I wish we didn't have to go back to Brighton because of course we have to discuss about the um the second half and 
I mean, we, we we had some good we had some good chances. The main one is, of course, we mentioned Ryan Gravenberch and how we wanted them to start again. But he comes on a half time for for Elliot, and he has a an absolutely great chance to to put it to basically kill the game. It would have been three one. Would have been game over. And yeah. that was like a moment that you'd be like, oh, if that if that goes in, it's the game's done, isn't it? Yeah, and you know Elliot struggled. Uh, I think you know in the whole game. So I understand the substitution of him in half time, and you know uh, on comes Gravenberch, who who's been showing us what a great you know uh, player he is and loads of skills that he has uh, in the games that he has been playing. Uh, you know with the points he has done, the goals he has already scored. Um, so I was really excited about him coming on and I thought you know now we've got someone with like a bit more physique and you know skill setting good with the ball driving it forward and yeah he showed that straight away I think you know that he was involved in the game he got he had an impact on it which I liked you know I thought we were more solid we were better in the whole defending areas in midfield I thought you know he just gave us something more of a body in 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 the midfield uh, and then he got the chance you know great play and you know the the, the ball in and he just it's one of them you know he it's just unlucky, you know, he goes in the bar because sometimes it's hard probably, probably to adjust your body to get a perfect touch on it like that. He goes up, hits the bar, and it's like, ah, oh, fucking hell. It could have been, like you said, it could have been done there. 3-1, no chance for them coming back, obviously, because I think we would be able to control the game. Uh, but then, you know, you think we're still 2-1 up and, you know, we're just thinking, hold on to this now, keep on, you know, defending and be strong and aggressive. But obviously, it was the total opposite that happened when they score their goal. Yeah, it was. I mean, even when I, I haven't seen like the the free kick for the goal, but at the time I was thinking that's just such a. It felt like a soft free kick, and I mean, just a soft yeah. free kick to give away in those areas where you know they've got good delivery, they've got tall fellas, they've got they can got they've got people who can score in those areas, and I feel like just the free kick, the ball in, and then like the, I guess the the reaction from the lads in there who were trying to get get whatever they could on it. I just felt like it just was a little bit short especially when you like you you're getting towards like 10 minutes left and you're like right we've got an, like once you get to 80 you're like right we can then just like start to wind the clock down a little bit and i mean liverpool aren't typically good at that because we don't like doing that we like to just keep going forward and keep attacking but once you're starting to get into like 80 and 81 82 like the other team are maybe worrying a little bit more and, and maybe they scuff chances and whatever but it was just like annoyingly the perfect time for them to get a goal and then try and build on it but I just wasn't a fan of like how the how it happened like the free kick and, and the, the way we conceded it really yeah you know the free kick I have you know I haven't seen the um, uh, the moment back where he gives the free kick for them so I, I can't I can't remember what happened live because you watch it go so quick and then you see it's a free kick and you'll be like shit this is a great chance for them just hope they don't score which they obviously go on and do <laughs> but uh, I've seen more of the replay of our defending especially Robertson's defending you know I know it's this, you know it's his wrong foot if you like and it's maybe hard for him to adjust his body in in a quick way when it happens but I think you know it just looks really, you know, I, I I mentioned something on Twitter about saying he looked like a scared little boy defending that ball because it was like he shrugged back a bit and didn't, I just would have loved if he's just put his head in or body in or whatever because if he just do that and a foot comes up or whatever, he's got a free kick for him and, you know, that's that. 
but the way he just don't go at the ball or even try to get his body there, it's just, you know, it's shy defending in my in my opinion. And I just want people to be more like, okay, if I, if I can't get my foot in there, you just get your fucking head in there, then you get paid so much money. You can take a little hit on your head for, for that and, you know, make sure that we don't concede a goal at that moment. But yeah, we did. And I was disappointed with the way that we defended. And at that time, it felt like we... We could lose all points here or we will only get one point that we need to make sure that happens because I couldn't see us. We can always go on and score, but it just feels like, you know, when in a momentum and it doesn't happen with the Gravenberg goal and we concede, it just feels like that's that. It's not going to happen. Yeah, I, I felt the same. I feel like it's so annoying when you concede like that, but when you get to 90 minutes and you're like, the game's over, you're like, it's probably a fair result in terms of how the game panned out. I think like possession-wise, shots on target and Stuff yeah. like that. It felt quite, quite evenly matched. I thought, and obviously Brighton, the sixth in the lead on sixteen points, were in fourth on seventeen points. So we're only one behind City. Of course, they got beat by Arsenal, which we discussed as well. And like that was an ideal, an ideal result in terms of. I mean, I think a draw would have been ideal, but like if you're going to have anyone win, you want Arsenal to win, not Man City. So we're only a point behind City. We're only three behind Arsenal and Spurs, of course. After. They beat. They won as well last game after the building on the, the win over us. So I feel like it's very, it's t- nicely compact up there. I think I think we're in a really good position. Of course, like Villa and Brighton are just a point behind us. You've got um, you've got West Ham uh, three points behind us. Newcastle f- um, four behind us. So it's it's quite it's quite tight up there. But I feel like we're in a really good position. I think if you fa- if you factor in the teams we've played, like. If you look through yeah. the teams we played, like it's we've we've had some difficult like Brighton away, Spurs away, Chelsea away. We've had some really difficult games there in the first part of the season. And if you look if you look at the fixtures after the international break, like starting with Everton, it looks. I mean, on paper, is obviously easier to say, but it looks like it's a bit more favourable for us. And I feel like anyone, if you put any team, I guess, in into Liverpool's shoes in the first eight games, I feel like. 90% of them wouldn't have got the same amount of points as, as we have. So I feel like we're, we're in a really good position, I think, in terms of how we've how we've started the season. Yeah, I agree. You know, it, it's been difficult games and especially having, you know, send-offs like that, just going every game for <laughs> it felt like. Um, but still managed to come out, you know, with three points away, uh, away at Newcastle, uh, you know, playing well against Tottenham, uh, even though, you know, what happened in that game, obviously, made sure that we didn't get the three points or even uh, even a draw. Because uh, I think the way we started that game and the way we play in that game, we could have actually come away with the three points. We were that good. Uh, but, you know, circumstances changed that, obviously. So if you look at it and the games we have actually have played, and like you mentioned, Chelsea was the first game, and, you know, they seem to be have the worst, uh, the, the worst uh, and most shitty team of the ones we played away. But it's, the, but it's the first of the season. You never know what you're going to meet, you know, going to come up against. So it's more of a first game of the season, get it done with, and it's away. So, you know, I, I would say, you know, a point away against Chelsea first game is, is okay. Uh, and even really good, uh, you know, in normal circumstances. But, you know, look at the first, what is it, eight games uh, and where we are in the table, having Everton next uh, at home. You know, I'm I'm very pleased. And, and the way we played football um, most of the time in these games where, you know, with the new midfield, because sometimes you need fucking 10 games before a midfield clicks and, you know, things goes like you want to. But I think even though there's still... 
room for improvement you know for McAllister maybe in his role then you know Gravenberch coming in now learning his trade more and more I think with Soboslai McAllister or you know Elliot or Curtis or whatever for a totally new midfield that is quite young but still experienced uh, of course uh, thinking of that we actually you know replaced the whole uh, of the old players that were there before and we needed to you know we needed that change if you look at that and how quick we actually made sure that they come into how we play how we you know how to adjust to to, to, to the tactics and how Klopp wants us to play it's it's really unbelievable to be honest because sometimes you can wait half a season for something like that to happen when so many players actually go out and so many new comes in that should have an impact straight away so I'm very pleased and very much looking forward to the derby now yeah, and you'll be in person to watch it, so it's even better. Yeah, and I, I actually <laughs> I actually didn't mention the Newcastle. So, like in terms of what we've played so far, like so we drew on one with Chelsea away, beat Bournemouth three one at home, beat Newcastle two one away, uh, beat Villa three one, three uh, 0 sorry at home, beat Wolves three one at their place as well. Um, yeah, beat West Ham three one at home. Um, lost two one to Spurs, and yeah, drew two two with Brighton. So. Away away games there, Brighton, um Brighton Spurs, Wolves and Newcastle and Chelsea. Um that's yeah, it seems five so that's I've I counted right there. So Brighton, Spurs, um Wolves, Newcastle and Chelsea. Yeah, so five five away games out of the out of the eight. We've so we've only played three at home. So that's obviously the next game will be at home against Everton. But I feel like it's like I said, like the, the amount of t- good, the amount of quality teams there that we're gonna we've played and we've got good results against. Like you said, the Spurs one, we I still think we would have won that one if we would have had eleven players on the pitch. But even if we had ten and the Diaz goal was allowed, I still think we would have won that game. Exactly. Yeah. So it's 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 very promising signs, and I think it's like it's just yeah. I mean, it's when you look at the time when you're fourth, but when you factor in like the, how close we are to, to those teams, and especially like Arsenal and Spurs, like. I don't fancy either of them really to keep it up for a, all the season that they're going to have dips because they're not, I mean, Arsenal less so than Spurs, but I feel like yeah. it's always going to be City, isn't it? That are going to be the ones you need to keep pace with them, but only one point behind going into a, going into a derby against Everton who are looking like they're starting to be a little bit better. They've won the, they won the last game. Um, it's good but, though, you know, they have a little bit of belief and then we just go and then we can just crush them. them back again. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's, 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 Nice reading for me, especially when you factor in the the, the games played and stuff. So I think that's like a, a, it's a good point that we need to yeah yeah factor into our into what, what we're looking at um, in terms of overall picture and stuff. Um, but before we get into anything else, I just want I just saw a like, br- bit of breaking news about the um, the upper tier of the Anfield Road stand. So it will remain closed until twenty twenty four in further delay in a further delay to the expansion hmm. project supporters who bought tickets for the Everton game will be contacted by the club so not ideal really I guess the whole the whole stuff with yeah the company who were doing it and whatever else there's been loads of shit going on hasn't he but I guess the longer that's dragging out they they can only delay it longer but it's just I guess disappointing for fans who have who are gonna you're gonna miss out on on the game because because of that so not the best really and I guess in the international break when there's no footy like that's just a bit of bit of a sour one in it yeah uh, you know it's a uh, you know I'm 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 a person who never really reads into you know the the 
the information and what comes out when it comes to these rebuilds or you know um, projects because I'm not really I'm not really bothered I'm just obviously happy they are you know making Anfield bigger so we get more fans in you know and more people go to the game and all that kind of stuff that's brilliant and you know for atmosphere and knowing that the, the club obviously earns money on it as well and but we get you know a big crowd backing the team that's perfect and that's boss but you know I, I just can't be bothered to reading why you know the the other um, company or whatever got busted or why they couldn't keep on doing it and what's going to happen now because of the new ones coming in. It's too much for me. So I'll be like, it's shit, obviously, that it, it happens now and they need to delay it until the, the new year because obviously there's going to be a few more games that will be you know having an impact on not, not only Everton, obviously. There will be people who have bought tickets for other games that might just not then already now know that they won't be able to go because if it's not open until 2024, that means that uh, I don't know what home games or who we will play, but there's a certain amount of three, four maybe before their new year. And, you know, they know if they bought a ticket in the new stand, which should have been done by now, they still miss out. Um, so yeah. you know, yeah, I think I think it's not it's not very good. It's um, sad for the people who have you know planned trips uh, from abroad, like like I do. You know, I when I bought tickets, I was looking at maybe you know have a few tickets in the new stand just because trying it out. I'm very happy that I didn't do it now because if it, I would have done it for the Everton game, I would be fucked. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I already paid for other things, you know, that I wouldn't get the money back for because obviously I can get sick or something else can happen. To that, But that's just, you know, unlucky then. But this is out of my control and shouldn't be a problem because it should be, you know, already done and dusted. So it's not very good. Uh, I'm very sad for the people affected. It's, you know, you know, people pay a lot of money to go and see their favourite football team, whatever they are. So, you know, it's just one of them where you'd be like, fucking hell, you need to, you know, sort this out now. But, you know, hopefully with the delay, they manage to get a plan out and they can manage to get sorted out until the new year and we can go from there. You know, it's we can't do anything anyway, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just, it's, yeah, the next three the next three games are our own. So we've got Everton to lose in the Europa and then Nottingham Forest as well on the 29th, so. That's I guess when people look at the fixtures, they're like, yeah, we've got the next three games at home, so it's even it's even worse in a way. But we still want, of course, like I mentioned, like five away games and three at home in the league. So we want we want more home games, of course, because we've Liverpool at home, especially the way we've been playing and stuff, is exciting. Um Everton is exciting. Um I don't want to end on that on that note, but in terms of I guess a bit of negativity, but it it is it is I have to mention it because that's that's kind of what's going on right now. Um, but yeah, so what are you, what are your thoughts then on the? I mean, we've talked we talked about the season quite generally and whatever. But if you had to give a rating out of ten, I don't I don't really like ratings or score predictions or whatever, but we do it anyway. But what yeah. are you, what would you what would you give it in terms of how we've done so far? I think I give it an eight to be honest, because we mentioned away games that it's been difficult. We had red cards, still managed to come out with three points, like I said against Newcastle. Obviously, Bournemouth uh, was at home, but still a red card, which makes it more difficult. Uh, uh, we were really good, like I mentioned, too against um, Spurs, but you know the referees fucked that up for us in the way they were, you know, with the VAR. So. Looking at what we got from all those games and what have happened to us in terms of red cards and decisions, but and like I said, the, the rebuild of the midfield and having other players obviously been out for, of injuries and things like that, I think it's an eight out of ten because you can never reach ten at this early stage. You would have won every game, obviously, and be at the top and all that. But in terms of all that, I think you know we'd be done 
really, really good. And I'm really forward to, you know, see where we could go with this because um, I think it's hard to say, you know, if we're going to be able to compete for the league because like you said, Arsenal and Tottenham, I think they will drop off. Everything will be about City if they can um, get their bad form away and, and then go on and maintain their, you know, brilliance that they actually have you know even if we, if we put all the fucking cheat stuff <laughs> away they have a brilliant team and play brilliant smart football um but you know if they already have their dips and i think they will have more because they got some you know really uh important players out you know like growing and you know they just trying new things and it doesn't really work you know even if wolves can go and get points other other teams can as well so if they drop off a few points and then, you know, Arsenal, Tottenham won't, you know, maintain their top levels all the time. I think it can be quite many teams in the top competing for it a very long time because I would like that instead of Man City being at the top and then just, you just go with it and it's done by March or April or whatever. Uh, so I'd rather see many teams being involved and it would be, you know, one point, lose one point, it would have a massive impact, you know, it's, so I get more excited about that. So hopefully... There's more teams in the top in the long term than just like two or whatever. Yeah, because I think it's sort of started that the first time City have lost two league games for like years, <laughs> like absolutely years, which I think so it, it, it just proves what you're up against that you can't exactly. you can't lose games in the title race against Man City that you can't you could in previous. You could lose a couple, draw quite a few, you'd still win the league if you want if you won most of them. Just look at the City's like next game. They've got Brighton at home in the league, and then they've got Man United away. So I mean. Ooh. Usually, that's a difficult fixture. Man United yeah. six point loss there. <laughs> I mean, but yeah, we've got we've got Everton and Forest. So I mean, both at home. So we've got a good chance of in those two games to kind of yeah six points and then see what the damage is. And we could we could even be top of the league. Hopefully, fingers crossed. Yeah. Um, but yeah, let's let's leave it there. Like we've done a nice little chunk there on on the season so far and whatever. And we're obviously looking forward to Everton next week, which is going to be. It's going to be very exciting. I think early kickoffs aren't ideal, but when it's Everton, when it's yeah, when like you said, they've just won the last game, we want to smack them back down and put them back in the place. Yeah. And what Liverpool are doing well, we're back at home. We haven't doesn't feel like we've played anywhere near enough games at home this season. And it's always a joy when we, when we do. And we're going to be together in the pub beforehand, having a few pints, going yeah, to the yeah. match together. Yeah, the good thing with the good the good thing with early kickoffs, even if I don't, you know, appreciate them as much as the normal kickoff times. But the, the good thing is that it's no brekkie for me, it's a Guinness. You know, that's the thing. You don't go up for breakfast, but you go straight to the pub when it opens and be like, Yeah, a pint of Guinness, please. And everyone's like, Oh, a pint of Guinness at this time in the morning. Yeah, it's my breakfast. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. it's it's Double one islands. of them. Yeah, it don't need more than that. Yeah, a little quick, quick, quick Guinness, and you're and you're good to go. Maybe get a little pie in it at half time, and then actually, you don't, you don't, you know what? You don't eat when you're when I've that. That's the problem when I'm when I've been out with you. I'll just be like, yeah, have a few pints, and then we'll, we'll have one, and you'll be like, oh, don't get food now. We'll have we'll have food later, and then before you know it, you've had five pints, and you're like on your way to getting absolutely blitz and you're like how oh, should i get food now and you're like oh no let's let's go in instead and you're like and you have another two pints then you're like well it's fucking I'm, it's too late now because i'm now i'm just gonna be it's gonna be a mackey's job on the way i'm like two burgers and whatever yeah yeah it's, so i'm know, preparing myself for that i'm preparing yeah, yeah. myself for that I'm, yeah it's um yeah it's funny yeah. it's funny it's good stuff but um yeah we shall leave it there thanks everyone for listening as always hope you enjoyed uh the show i was joined by christian as always i am mick and we will see you, yeah, very soon. Hopefully, next couple of days or next next week to do a a proper Everton preview where we'll discuss everything, the form, 
table. The, the form book goes out the window and all that cliche shit. But we'll look into it um, over the over the next coming days. And yeah, we'll see you all very soon. Appreciate you listening. Nice one. I'm Jamie Carragher, and you are listening to the Copy Podcast. Podcast Network.